Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. Welcome again to another Loving the Christ Life podcast. This program is produced weekly by the Christ Life Fellowship. Again, let us invite you to go to our website and check us out, christ-life.org. Well, we are in the midst of a wonderful teaching session from Warren Litzman on the gospel of deliverance. It is fantastic. The response has been really good, and we're so happy that all of you that have been listening have been touched by this wonderful series. Let's get right into it today. Here's Warren. What's the technicality of that? Go back to the birthing. You've been born again. How did you get born again? A father took his seed, his sperm, and put it in you, a dying sinner who asked to be saved. He took his life seed, sperm, the Bible says it's sperm, and put it in you. And that joined to you created another person. That's how you got Christ in you, by birthing. That's what Jesus meant when he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. He put a seed in you, and that created another person. It's a God seed. Being born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed, Peter says. So he put his seed in you, and that created another person. Now, whatever happens to that other person depends upon your thinking. If you never recognize him, if you just leave him sitting there like an old man in a rocking chair and never consult him, never talk to him, never form a relationship with him, then that's what you are. On the other hand, in your soulish part, you're going to be fighting devils every day because you've ignored the seed. You've ignored the life. And so, you have Christ in you. Now, here's the technicality. Christ in you is your life. That's not something God gives to you and it's you and Christ. Christ is your life. You understand? Not two, just one. So, what does that make God? That makes him a father. He's your father. He rebirthed you. You've been born again. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a whole new person to God, like a newborn baby. And he's the father. You see, all that happened the moment you were saved. The moment you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, He put an incorruptible seed in you and you became a whole new creature to God. You still got things down here to work through to get there, like meetings like this, hearing about it. So what is He? What is God to you? He's no longer Almighty God. He's no longer the great creator of heaven and earth. To you, He's the only Father you have. Because when the sin nature was put out of you at the cross, along with it went what your father and mother did that produced the sin nature. Good as they are. 
and you've got a new father. If you never recognize him as father, then you'll never be who you're supposed to be. He's your father. He rebirthed you. You know what I do when I get in trouble? I say, Father, here I am again. You produced me. You birthed me. I'm your offspring. That's what Paul called us, offsprings. I'm your offspring. And I'm not putting my trust in anybody else but you. <laughs> Since you birthed me and put me here, it's up to you to take care of me. See, that's a different way of looking at it. What did that do? That took the monkey off your back and gave it to your father whose responsibility it is to raise his children. And you know what? It isn't your faith that's going to work. It's the faith of the Son of God. And that's what Galatians 2.20 tells us. You can't get through. You can't make it. You keep falling back. If you genuinely believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you actually accepted Jesus as your Savior. That's all that God needs to work in your life. He's not going to deal with you on the basis that you tried and failed or you started over again and again. He's going to deal with you on the basis of what Jesus did at the cross. Don't ever forget that. That's your power. That's where you died. So you got a father now. You'll never be lonely. That's what he wanted. That's the reason he rebirthed you. He wanted you as his child. That's what he never had before Paul came along. Nobody ever knew that God was birthing his own children. That's where they coined the word Christian. Christians came out of God-birthed children. That's what you are. You've been birthed as a child of God. Work real simple. The more the mind gets cleared to these thoughts of who I am. I'm a birth child of God and God is my Father. It's, it's like this. A young woman came to me some time ago in a meeting, tears in her eyes. She said, I'm sure glad you talked about the fatherhood of God tonight. She said, ever since I've been saved, I have been scared to death. She said, I get so scared that some nights I don't even want to go to sleep. I'm afraid he'll strike me dead. And she said, tonight to hear that he's my father is a whole new message to me. If he birthed you, does he not have some responsibility? Religion puts all the responsibility on you. God puts all the responsibility on the cross. That's why when he died, he died good and dead. Just for you. Well, that's how the mind must change. 
Galatians 2.20 is what it must change to. But getting you to that point down here on this level is not easy. And we're going to go next to the one verse of Scripture that I think is the least preached verse of Scripture I know. And it's Romans 16 and 25. You need to mark that in your Bible because that's such an important verse. The little verse says, Now to him that is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. I read it fast because I want to go through it line by line. If you're going on in the things of the Lord and you're going to trust God, this is something you need to do. Now, in all I've said to you, I haven't told you what you needed to do because I try to lay out things and you take a hold of them as you can. But I never hit anybody over the head about doing something until I get to this verse of Scripture. I'm going to go line by line through it. Huh? Sorry. That's okay. Don't ever be sorry. Nobody's sorry. (laughs) Teasing you. It says, "Now, Now to him that is of the power, now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which is kept hidden, kept secret since the world began. Now, that's the most powerful verse for the ongoing believer. That tells you exactly what to do, and it tells you about doing it in no uncertain terms. So let's look at it line by line, because this will really help you uh, to know where your source of understanding and worship and ministry will come from. Let's paraphrase the first line. It says, Now to God. That has the power to establish you. Now to Him who has the power to establish you. Let's stop right there. Three other times in the Scripture, Paul talks about believers being established. What's established? You're thinking in your mind. And so he says, Now God, who has the power to establish you, He's your Father. Keep that in your mind. He's your Father, and He has the power to establish you. Let's look at it a different way. He has the power to train you. He has the power to chasten you. Every child that He has, He says, I'll chasten. Chastens every child He has. He has the power to establish you. How does He do it? By the CNS gang. Have you all heard about the CNS gang? That's circumstances and situations of life. That's where every one of our lives are different. No two of us have the same circumstances and situations. So in the Christ life, we call it the CNS gang. He establishes us through our circumstances and situations. Some of you are in circumstances right now that are over your head. Situations you can't get answers to. That's the old CNS gang. Sure, 
Sure as you get out of one, you get another one, and then another. That's what life is made up about, of the CNS gang. Circumstances and situation. Why does God keep letting them come? Because that's the way you grow. That's the way He establishes you. You want to be strong? You want to overcome? You want to be a righteous believer? Then God's going to establish you by what happens to you. The Christ in you can handle anything that the devil, the Holy Spirit, or God, or Grandma brings up. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so you're going to have circumstances and situations, and that's what establishes you. Somebody came in not long ago and said, Well, I thought that once I got a hold of this thing, I wouldn't have any more trouble. No. Your soulish part is going to have trouble till your dying day. That's your mind, your intellect, and your emotions. Why? Because that's where the love affair is. That's where you love God is in your soulish part. So it is the circumstances and the situations of life that establish you, and that's where you show God you love Him. You see that? That's where your love is. Nobody's going to make you love Him. God doesn't make you love Him. But that's where you, with the knowledge that Christ lives in me, and He has already died as me and I'm free, that's where my love is. A love affair. Now to Him that has the power to establish you, but what's dynamite is the next line, Paul says, God's going to establish you according to my gospel. Now you can take that any way you want to, but I've studied this many, many times, and I'm going to tell you, Jesus gave to Paul the final gospel. He gave to Paul this gospel of what makes a human being tick. He gave to Paul the gospel of how we are to operate as human beings. And Paul says the only way God's going to establish us is according to what Jesus has given me, my gospel. Now see, these, these verses are dynamite because religion doesn't agree with that. Religion is not going to take Paul as the last word. But I'm telling you, if you want to know how a human being operates, you need to take Paul's word for it because he's the only one Jesus ever talked to about these things. He received the final gospel of Jesus Christ. So you need to live in Paul's epistles. You want your mind renewed? Stay in Paul's epistles. If you haven't spent several weeks or months in Ephesians 1, you need to do that sometime. You don't even need Ephesians 2. Just get in Ephesians 1 and stay there. That's the greatest document ever written. Stay there till it takes hold in you. Because this, this is what renews the mind. This is what changes the mind. This is what creates good choices. Paul said it was given to me, and that's the way God's going to judge you. Now, you can disagree with him. You can argue with him. You can say, well, I'm a Catholic. I don't believe that. But a Catholic going to have to believe what Paul said. That's the final gospel. If you do it, it works. So he said, you're going to be judged according to my gospel. The gospel that Jesus Christ has given to me. 
And then the next line says that uh, you'll be established according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. Now, this, this is a most important line because somebody's going to be preaching to you. If you don't like this part of what I say or any part I say, throw it out. Put it on a shelf. Don't wrestle with it. But I'm going to tell you something very important, that what you listen to in preaching and teaching is what's going to save your life. Your soul's spirit already encapsulated by Christ. But your daily living, your life as you live it, is only going to be saved when what you listen to and what you hear is according to the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you know what that means? Why'd Paul say that? He said that this Christ I know and the Christ that I met that explained all these things to me has given to me a gospel. And he said, this is a gospel that's going to work. Paul didn't ask for that. Jesus gave it to him. Paul didn't make this up. Jesus said, I'll tell you what to say. I'll show you what to say, and then I'm going to judge people by what they hear you say. And he said, you're going to be judged according to the preaching of the gospel that has the revelation of Jesus Christ in it. Let me boil it down to one simple, hard statement. If anything you are learning is not based on the revelation of Jesus Christ as the life of the believer, it will do you little or no good. That's what he's saying here. That's dynamite. What is the revelation of Jesus Christ? Well, he explains that in Galatians 1 when he says that when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me. Ah, that's the revelation of Jesus Christ. To reveal His Son in me. You see, Paul is the first in the history of the universe and all time that God told us to. He's the first one. Jesus told him one day that I live in you. God revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that Christ lived in him. He's the first to ever hear that. And he said then, if anybody ever preaches a gospel that's not based on that, let him be accursed. Back to Galatians 1. If any man preaches any other gospel other than this which I preach, let him be accursed. Why is it? We are so cursed in our life when we hear the Scriptures and we read the Scriptures and we want to know the truth. We want to know the answer. It's because somebody is preaching and teaching to us a gospel that's not based on the revelation of Christ in the human being. Hard, isn't it? That's what it says. The preaching of Jesus Christ must be according to the revelation of the mystery. Why? Because that's the first thing God ever wanted to do, chosen in Christ before 
the foundation of the world. And if that revelation is not proved, then you're not getting the whole truth. I wouldn't, at this stage of my life, listen to anybody preach who did not preach based on the revelation that Christ is to be the life of the human being. That's what a Christian is. Well, you see how far out I am. But that's what these verses say to me. And the last line says that this revelation of Jesus Christ is the mystery which has been kept secret since the world began. What is the mystery? Colossians 1, 26 and 27. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If the gospel you listen to is not the mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory, then you cannot be established. Get a hold of the right gospel. Get a hold of the truth. I wouldn't dare mislead you. Paul knew what Jesus had said. Religion won't follow him. Churchanity sometimes doesn't follow him. But you who are hungry to know God and need results in your life need to see what this book has to say. And Paul is the only one that dealt with problems like we have in the management of our life. Jesus could tell you great things like if you got faith, you can move mountains. But that didn't come down to the nitty-gritty. Is Christ living in you? How do you live with Christ in you? How do you work? How do you function with Christ in you? And that's why Paul said, you better get a hold of this, that this thing was kept secret since the world began, chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now, he says, it is revealed. That's why I go around the world talking. It's revealed now. You don't have to be ignorant of it. It's something God is doing. And you know what? There are thousands of people taking a hold of it all around this world tonight. There's something that's happened to some of them. Maybe they got a book, or maybe they got a magazine, maybe they got a tape, or maybe the Holy Spirit just said, Here it is, as they read their Bible. But believers are being established now. Now. That's a hard verse. If you ever come up against a preacher who wonders about you talking about Christ living in you, ask him what he does with Romans 16.25. Ask him, what do you do with this verse? What does it mean to you? But I got one more verse and I quit. It's Ephesians 1 and 17 where Paul says, I'm praying for you that you might have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. I believe in you tonight. I hope I see you again. I hope you keep listening to the tapes. If you follow these tapes, they'll help to establish you in this message. But as I leave you, I'm going to be praying for you. 
And I'm going to pray this one prayer in this 17th verse. I'm not going to pray that you'll get over your problems. I'm not going to pray that you'll get answers to all your needs. I'm not going to pray that you'll get control of your life. I'm going to pray for you like Paul would pray for you. That you would have the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of Him. If you don't know Christ is your life, then it doesn't matter what happens to your life. You've still fallen short of your creation. What you need is to know the Christ that's in you. Jesus of Nazareth was wonderful. But Jesus of Nazareth is not who you need to know. You need to know the Christ that was placed in you the moment you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Christ you need to know. Because that's the only one real to you. He's there now. He wants to flow out of you. He wants to be you. He won't take away God's creation of you. He will fulfill God's creation of you. You understand that? If God gave you a talent to be a a musician, the moment you receive Christ, He will fulfill that talent. If you were... If you were given the talent to be a good painter, wall painter, when Christ comes into you, He fulfills that to the limit. He fulfills your creation. That's what Christianity is. He will fulfill who you were supposed to be when God created you in your mother's womb. It may be something entirely different than you ever thought. But He will fulfill that. So what you need is not an answer to all your problems. What you need is the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and knowledge of Him. Knowledge is what is. Wisdom is what to do about it. It is my prayer for you that you'll have a revelation of Christ as your life. Think. You have always had something else ruling your life. You have never had a life of your own. When you came out of a mother's womb, the sin nature ruled you. It wasn't your life. And when you get born again, if you don't let Christ become your life, then you're still going to be ruled by the old thoughts and ideas that you've always had about yourself. So my prayer for you is you need a spirit of wisdom. Paul can give you that. Paul can tell you Instead of you begging for God to give you faith, Paul's wisdom will say, Christ in you is a believer. Trust Him. Just trust Him. He's believing for you. He's believing. He's the believer. Trust Him.
That's the new wisdom. The new wisdom is I no longer live. So if I'm still wrestling with my old life, I'm a fool. That life has been killed out and I won't let it out of my mind. I keep dragging it up again and again and it defeats me. You can't do that. When you were saved, you became a new creation and old things passed away. On God's part, they did pass away. On your part, if you still hold on to them, they still make you miserable. And just as a little sidelight here, if there's any of you still holding on to something that happened to you a long time ago and you think that's your problem, my prayer for you is not that God take that away, but that you have a revelation of the Christ that is in you. Because to God that doesn't exist anymore. You say, well, you don't know what happened to me. It don't matter. I've been abused. It don't matter. I was unloved. It don't matter. When you were rebirthed, you became a whole new creation. Get your mind straightened out about it. And then you won't go through life punishing yourself for bad thoughts. Well, once again, I'm in. Listen, we've gone another good 45 minutes. (laughs) I love you for letting me come. I love Keith and Rob Walters. They are wonderful men. My first trip to California 25 years ago, uh, I've been to California before, but my first trip out here with this message was 25 years ago where Keith was operating out of San Jose and rented a room and brought me in. And I've been in California ever since. And then along the way, Keith moved and went to other things, and his brother Rob came in and took over and for... A long time, Rob helped manage our meetings here and took care of them. And then, believe it or not, when he moved on, their daddy took over and kind of managed the Christ Life meetings. And now we still have big Christ Life meetings going over the state of California, particularly Northern California. And I have much to be thankful for in these two men. Diane, where is Diane? Yes, little Diane, bless her heart. And Linda, she had to follow all of this too. It's a wonderful family I've been connected with, and I love them. But anybody they get connected with has the hope. They have hope. Because they know what to do. And I'm hopeful that the message of the Christ life will spread throughout the legions of people that are seeking help and hope. Because what you need is Jesus. You don't need answers to your needs. You need Jesus. Do you see through that? When you once get Jesus fixed as your life, it's amazing what happens to your problems. When I pastored for many years, I was on the radio every morning. And I'd always go off the air with this little solemn, uh, Sologans. 
Slogan. Anyhow, I went off the air saying this, that God wants to answer all of your needs in just one way, and that's by showing you more of his son. Which son? The one that's already in you. Amen? Amen. That's it. I'll quit right there, and I just want to tell you what a joy it has been to be here, and I hope to see you again, and I hope you keep on going. There is no simple answer to this. There's no place you come to where you say, well, I really got that, because it grows. Christ in you is bigger than you can imagine. It's God's best. He gave His Son to you. Not to save you only, but to live as you. I start over again. I quit. God love every one of you. We'll stop right here. We hope you're enjoying this wonderful message and lesson from Warren Litzman on the gospel of deliverance. It's really been terrific, and hopefully you're getting a lot out of it. We sure hope so. Hey, tell others about us. We're here every week with a brand-new podcast, and if this is life-changing for you as it has been for us, then you want to tell everyone you know about us and help us realize Warren's dream to get this message to the ends of the earth. And that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. Now, don't forget, you can go to our website, Christ-Life.org. Again, Christ-Life.org. Read all about us and go to the bookstore and get some of this material yourself that Warren left behind and put it in your own library. We want to thank Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go into the archives each week to bring you these wonderful lessons. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock does our weekly podcast notes. And this podcast is produced weekly by Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ Life.